Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 208 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Oh my gosh, this week is so much fun. Uh, we have return guest here with us today, Armand Rosamilia. And uh, this is his fifth time with us on the show, his fifth visit. And what a great conversation it is. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to hear, and I didn't realize this at the time, I was just enjoying myself so much, but going back and doing some edits, I, I realized just how relaxed the whole conversation is. It, it literally is like just two old friends catching up. It, it's it's very relaxed, uh, very fun, and uh, I, I really think you're going to enjoy this because Armand really goes into the weeds on some of the stuff that he likes to do, everything he's been up to since his last visit. Uh, his, we're talking his incredible writing schedule, uh, his new Twitch channel that he does a couple days a week where uh, you can tune into that. <laughs> we're talking about his his uh, plans for a dream home that includes a writing retreat for other authors, uh, his love of bourbons, coffee, and Funko Pops, <laughs> and how he's been leaning into the thrillers and away from horror in the last uh, year or two. Uh, all of that and so much more is coming up here real soon, including a really good, uh, including a really good reading that he does of Shakedown, which is book one of his brand new First Coast Thrillers book. And I'm reading it myself. I'm really liking it. It's, it's, it's. I think it's some of his best work to date, personally. And uh, it's, it's really good. Uh, you're going to be introduced to the, uh, the cartel in this uh, chapter that he's reading this this is the cartel that his main character is going to be going up against throughout the series so it's very very cool and uh, that's coming up here in just a couple minutes well hey uh, my my book signing at readers world went really really well oh my gosh it was it was so fantastic to uh, have have a sit down with my uh, my friends from the writers of warrensburg it's it's been just it's been way too long since I've been able to spend some real time with them. And it was good to catch up and see how everybody's doing, how everybody's feeling. And uh, to get to interact with uh, with customers who came in and see the looks on their faces when they hear, uh, <laughs> when I got to talk to them about my books and tell them what, uh, what this book or that book was about. And uh, that was really cool. Uh, you, if you didn't see the pictures online, I'll make sure that. Uh, actually, I know they're up on my on my author pages on Facebook and Twitter, uh, but I don't know if I I don't know if I shared them on the uh, for the show. So I'll have to I'll have to go do that whenever this uh, once this episode drops and I share this episode, I'll make sure to go over and reshare all that on the show as well because you'll see me up there. I've got a, a Bandit Chronicles T-shirt that we had designed. And I'm wearing a Crocodile Dundee hat, which is what my main character wears. And then you can see the table. And if you look closely on the table, you'll see the cover reveal for Bandit 2 is right there. Um, I have not shared that publicly online yet. So you'll have to you'll have to kind of you know, peek at that and zoom in to, <laughs> if, you, if you really want to see it right now. But uh, but I will be sharing it here real soon. And stay, you know, don't, don't forget to stay tuned here real soon. I'll have that... Uh, uh, book cover up but yeah the uh, 
the event at Reader's World was a blast and uh, did really well. Um, you know, I don't know how many books I sold. I forgot to keep track, but it was a good day. It was a really good day, and I uh, can't wait to uh, can't wait to do it again. Uh, so yeah, you know, I already alluded to social media and following the show. So so make sure that you are following the show on Sample Chapter Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Very easy to find. Um, even though I think the name is a little obscure on a couple of them, like Twitter has us backwards as Chapter Sample. But uh, you know that's okay. You just if you just search for Sample Chapter Podcast, you'll see us there. Of course, if you go to samplechapterpodcast.com, I'll have links for all of that there, as well as every podcast platform that we are uh, that the show is available on. So don't forget to subscribe on your favorite. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do so through email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me about a favorite episode. Tell me about an author you'd like me to interview. Or if you are an author and you'd like to come on the show and uh, read from your latest book, then reach out to me and let me know. And you know what? If you have comments, if you have favorites, if you have something you want to say, give me a call. Call me at 660-851-1146 and leave a voicemail. Tell me what you think, and uh, you're going to hear that on an upcoming episode. Uh, real quick, I have some exciting news. Uh, very rare for me to to know exactly who's going to be up next week, because sometimes, even though I record a few episodes in a row, uh, sometimes the schedule is fluid. But next week, April 12th, I do know that our guest will be a returning one again in 1980s actress Diane Franklin is uh, returning to the show. She is on here talking about her latest book in her 80s babe series, uh, where she is doing a behind-the-scenes retrospective on what it was like making making the movie Better Off Dead from 1985 with John Cusack. And it it is a fun conversation. It's it, We really dive into the movie, and I can't wait for you to uh, check that out. So... Yeah, tune in next week for that. Also next week, uh, I will be a guest on George Soroy's Excelsior Journeys podcast. And uh, I can't wait to share that. George is a uh, an, another old friend of the show. Had him on back in 2019. He was one of my early episodes. I think it was episode 52 where he came on and read from his book. And uh, it was great. He's he's from also from right here in Missouri, over in St. Louis. But I don't I don't hold that against him. <laughs> uh, but uh, George was so fantastic. He was uh, he and his show was recently featured in Podcast Magazine, and uh, he he actually shared uh, this show, talked about uh, you know that this is one of the shows uh, that he listens to regularly. And so, hey George, so happy that. Uh, to have you as a listener and a, a previous guest, and um, and I'm just I'm just so thrilled uh, for you to have uh, shared this show. So you know everybody listen, make sure you also get over and check out Excelsior Journeys with George. It's a fantastic show, incredible guests. You won't believe some of the guests. If you're a fan of '80s pop culture and uh, movies, uh, you like voiceover actors and performers. You got to check out George's show. He's he talks to some really interesting people. But uh, but yeah, I'll I'll be a guest on there next week, and I'll make sure to share that episode 
so that uh, you know exactly where to uh, where to find and follow George. Of course, this show is sponsored by uh, longtime friends and sponsor Scrivener Writing Software. If you're a listener of the show, you know how much I love it and how much I use it every day. But check out this advertisement so you can hear a little more about it and how you can save 20% on the regular desktop version. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Thank you once again to Scrivener. Now, I'd also like to thank the WBC. Yes, the Writer's Block Coffee. (laughs) They are an affiliate of the show, meaning if you click the link in the show notes or you go on over to Writer's Block Coffee and use coupon code sample chapter you will save 10 percent on your order and the uh, the show gets a little a little bit back from that uh from that order and uh, of course proceeds just like just like scrivener all the proceeds go into helping provide for the show paying for the website and any other hosting uh financial hosting that we have writer's block coffee has three delicious flavors there is their deadline dark which that's going to keep you up all night if you've got to hit that deadline uh, first thing in the morning. They have the Signature Blend Writer's Block Coffee and, of course, my personal favorite, uh, which I am drinking right now, by the way, the Whiskey Barrel Aged Blend. Try one, try them all, uh, order one time, or set it up on automatic shipping. Uh, you are bound to uh, to find one that you like. Yeah, make sure you, uh, you know, I know there's some of you out there who've been trying it out because I've been getting notifications of, of orders, and I uh, thank you for that. But, yeah, if you if there's one of them that you tried that you really like, you know, email me or, or like I said, give me a call. Let me know which ones were your favorite. I'm, I'm excited to hear this. And uh, tell me what you like about Writer's Block Coffee. Finally, I want to thank Pop Goes the Culture Network, home to about 10 or 12 other shows all of them incredible, all of them pop culture related. So whether you are looking for celebrity news, breaking movie news, uh, what's happening in gaming culture, or maybe even wrestling, cartoons, comic books, everything pop culture, you're going to find it right there at popgoesaculture.com. Click the link in the show notes to get on over to the website with a listing of all of their shows right there in the heading, including yours truly. I think you gotta go check out some of those other fantastic shows at Pop Goes Culture Network. All right, everyone. Well, uh, that is enough of me talking. I think it's time to get on over to someone who I consider a friend, even though I have to pay him for the privilege. <laughs> Let's get on over to our conversation with Armand Rosamilia. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, Sample Chapter listeners. Welcome back to another wonderful episode. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I would normally say exciting, but I say that a whole lot. So this week, it's wonderful. And it's wonderful because I have a very special guest with me, a five-time, as of today, guest of the show. If this was Saturday Night Live, I would have a jacket waiting for him, but it's not, so I don't. Uh, my guest today is Armand Rosamilia. Armand is a New Jersey boy living in sunny Florida where he writes when he's not sleeping, happily married to a woman who helps his career and is supportive, which is all he ever wanted in life. He's written over 200 stories that are currently available, including crime thrillers, supernatural thrillers, horror, zombie, contemporary fiction, nonfiction, and more. Armand's goal is to write a good story and not worry about the genre labels. And as I've talked about on the show before, he is also a successful podcaster too which is how i came to know him in the first place on the mondo method podcast with co-host chuck buddha ladies and gentlemen help me welcome to the show uh somebody that uh, I, I don't know if he got the check or not but uh, my friend armand rosamidia <laughs> what's going on man <laughs> five times i didn't realize I was, I, this is my fifth appearance that's exciting I didn't either. Yeah, I was like, okay, this yeah. is like, what is this, like the third or something? I, That's I, what I figured. I figured it was like the, the the third time. But you've been doing this. You've been doing this a while now. I I pop in every now and then, which is good. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You were like one of my early guests, like one of my early big authors in uh, April of 2018, my first year with uh, Yard Full of Bones. Yeah. And and then you and Chuck came together in uh, March the next year with Keyport Cthulhu Two. Uh, you did the beast in uh, January 2020, and then uh, later that year, actually, we did uh, make pretend. So oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was it's surprised. Like, man, I forgot there was so many that we've already done on here. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot uh, the beast, and I forgot that I was on with Chuck. I forgot those two. Uh... Yeah, yeah, and I think Chuck's uh, Chuck's one of my. I, I've had uh, several authors on here twice. And Chuck's one of those, so I'm sure, I'm sure somewhere along the line, somebody's waiting to be number three. You were my first one to go number three and beyond, so we'll. See I need happens. to, I need to keep that. You need to have me on more than any. I need to be the mayor of Sample Chapter Podcast. So. There you go, there you go. You'll be my Steve Martin. So. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> just come back every time. <laughs> I'm your. Uh, oh, I need a, I need a guest here. Come on, come back on. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I probably have a new book out at that point. Doesn't matter. So. I know, man. You are so prolific. I mean, it, it, it was funny because I was looking at that from 2018. At, at that point, you were like around 150 books, and now you're way over 200. Yeah. And it's it's very generic that it's 150 and then now over 200. But I know you're like way beyond that. You're probably closer to 300 at this point. I got a lot of I got a lot of stuff that's in the pipeline coming out. I have uh, books coming out with publishers. I have some self-published stuff that's still coming out all the time, and I'm in a lot of anthologies coming up. I think I have like eight anthologies that I've been accepted uh, to in the last, say, six months. Wow. haven't come out yet. And I'm always writing new short stories and I'm always, uh, always putting it. I think I have like 12 stories out right now mm -hmm. that are either going to get accepted or rejected and just wow. pumping them out and just, you know, it's, that, it's like I always, it's a fear of going back to a regular normal job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, my plan was to be working for myself. Uh, at home writing by the time I turned 50 and then COVID came in and ruined that. And uh, <clears throat> so now it's like, okay, five-year plan. By the time I'm 55, I want to be, want to be doing that. So 
wife yeah. and I, I got my wife on board with that now. So she's, we're both like, all right, we're going to start paying bills for the next five years. And then that's what we're doing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. COVID screwed everything. We were doing the, we were doing the five-year plan before my wife turned 50. Uh, we were going to build our, our, our compound, our dream house, 12 acres mm. out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, two or three houses on it. So we can do um, our writing retreat every year and in, invite people to have their own area yeah. and everything and for families and to do, you know, we have 30 to 40 people here for Thanksgiving every year. So, and, and we have the house, the house is big enough, but we want like a huge piece of property to, yeah. to be able to do that. So, but COVID kind of screwed that up and then all the housing blew up. So now all the land we're looking at is like, you know, it was like, Oh, a hundred thousand dollar piece of land is now $150,000. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're, we're kind of like, well, well, we still should be able to get it. She got three more years to go. We should be able to hopefully do some, but that's, that's what we're working for right now. That's what we're, you know, she's, she's got a career. She's got a great job and uh, pays all the bills and my money is socking it away for, for the future right now. There you go. And, and Funko Pops. I buy way too many and Funko, Funko Pops. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And coffee mugs. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah. I just got a new, uh, somebody sent me a, uh, a new coffee mug and I'm like, I literally, I don't have any room in the cabinet to actually use the coffee mug now because we, I've so, I have just like so many of them in there. And then all you see behind me, all the, I have coffee mugs and everything else. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, she, she had to buy me a, um, she ordered me like a, uh, like a cabinet for all my alcohol hmm. and they and they, they they it's a six month wait to uh to get it because all the all everything is just so backed up yeah. but because i keep buying more and more she's like oh do you have this kiss do you have cold gin from kiss and i'm like no but you should order that for me so she <laughs> so she does <laughs> so i have like just ran she's like i said hey honey bread paisley has a bourbon mm-hmm. you know and she's like oh that's she, my wife doesn't drink at all and she's like, oh, that's cool. Order it. So I order, you know. Oh, well. It's good it's to have. We have a lot of random, there. random, random. Like we even have, we went to the store a couple weekends ago. Um, she's looking and she's like, why does Terry Bradshaw have a bourbon? <laughs> I'm like, that, that that's right. So random. And she looks it up. She's like, you know, there's a store here in Jacksonville that, that they say they carry it. I'm like, let's go. Let's go Saturday and go check it out. So we did. And we. We found a bottle and even the guy at the store was like, yeah, it, it's, it seems really weird. We got, we got a couple of these bottles in. I'm like, who, who wants Terry Bradshaw bur- uh, bourbon, but it's pretty good. It's actually, uh, actually op- cracked it open. I'm like, this is pretty good. Not bad at all. It's so funny. Cause you, you mentioned that on Mondo method a while back. And I, I had just like the weekend before you were talking about it, my wife and I both, we had, uh, we had fallen asleep in our chairs, watching TV I woke up in my chair like an hour and a half later and there was some kind of Terry Bradshaw biography on TV and he's talking about his, his whiskey. And I was like, <laughs> what? Terry Bradshaw's got whiskey. Like, okay, so right, it's so like, weird. The random, random people, either, either alcohol or coffee. Yeah. You know, there's a big thing now with like, I just got in uh kiss cruise coffee. So they have like mm. two or three different kiss coffees skid row uh coffee which is actually really good and i have a d snyder coffee <laughs> which is which is uh which is coming I'm a, I'm a sucker for and my wife knows she's always buying me like alcohol and coffee all the oh, all the time yeah <laughs> that's awesome man 
Well, hey, uh, so with your writing, I w- I've been watching you for you know, a few years now, and uh, it it's interesting to see how for the longest time you seem to be really a little more focused on your horror and you wrote the dirty deeds thrillers kind of on the side. And that was your, your, your fun thing you would do on the side. But I've noticed over the last few years, you have turned that more to the thriller side and you still do some horror, like your monster books that you've been writing and all. Uh, but you, you seem to have, have gone over more to the thriller side. Was that a conscious decision or you think that's something that uh, you just started to experience when you're writing? Oh, that's a hundred percent conscious decision for me. That was, um, I felt like I hit the ceiling in horror as far as readers, as far as sales and everything. And, and to be honest, I was starting to get annoyed at the horror community. I've been, I've been in this for 30 years Mm -hmm. and uh, more than 30 years. And some of the, I felt like some of the new, the new people, and again, I'm going to be the old man here. But some of the new people coming in really didn't respect it. They were here infighting. We were, we were, you know, the hard community imploded a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it got really depressing for me that this, you know, I, I, this is what I love. You know, Dean Coons at 12 years old and I'm, I'm fully invested in reading every horror book and writing horror stories. And then all the infighting and all the pointing fingers and all the other piles on of stuff. And it really just annoyed me. And then at the same time, 2016 dirty deeds comes out and it gets a, 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 a Kindle press contract. And I'm, I'm selling like literally 10 times the amount of books with mm. that than I was with anything else. Yeah. And, uh, and I've always loved crime thrillers. I've always loved um, all that. And I said, you know what, let me, let me let me keep this thing going, and so it, and it didn't. It's, it's still phenomenal. I'm, I'm up to book ten came out a few months ago. Uh, book eleven and twelve will come out this year, and then that will end that series. And then my newest one, the First Coast Thriller series, is a six book series set in the same world. So That's some cool. of the FBI agents you see in Dirty Deeds are, are now also in this book. Some of the uh, there's some cameos of characters back and forth. Oh, nice. And so for for me, it was, I'm going to do a six six book series, a thriller series and see how it does. Like, Mm -hmm. like my thing was 2022 is the year I just focus on the thriller stuff. And then any of the horror stuff you're seeing is stuff that's been out there for a while. It's, uh, you know, it's books that I sold to publishers and it's, uh, it's stuff. I still write the horror short stories. And I think horror lends itself better to a short story than a, 75,000 word novel anyway mm-hmm. so <clears throat> I'm really concentrating on just doing the uh the crime thriller stuff mostly mm-hmm. you know and then and then stuff I like nonfiction, whatever but um and it's been it's been amazing if you're if you if you're saying okay I'm doing it I'm doing it because I love I love writing crime thrillers as much as I like writing horror but I'm also, I love that I'm, I'm literally making 10 times the amount of money on the crime thrillers <laughs> than I was doing horror stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, that January, uh, January 15th, the uh, shakedown came out, the first book, and I'm doing rapid release. So January 15th, February 15th, March 15th. Hmm. And then every three months, I do the last three books of the series. And, um, you know, my pre-orders were through the roof, uh, biggest pre-orders I've ever had. And then the sales are just, <clears throat> I mean, right from right from 
boom, the first day, all of a sudden I was like, this is the biggest day I've ever had. Cause I use like book report or whatever it is, yeah. you know, I keep, to keep track. And um, I just saw that spike on the first day. I'm like, well, that's the pre-orders coming in. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, no, no, this is doubled. This doubled the pre-orders on the first day. So my, my, my sales were, were just as much at, you know, and then it just has continued for, you know, two months now. Yeah. I've had um, just every day is like my biggest day I've ever had. And it just keeps going up and up and up. And I'm still and I'm still selling a ton of Dirty Deeds. That series yeah. now has picked up because of this. And uh, I got really lucky. I had a book bub in February for the uh, Dying Days box set. So it's all nine books, which is normally $9.99. I put it down for 99 cents. And I sold uh, like 8,500 of them or something like that. Oh, my God. And, and then it's just continued because it's like 428,000 word box set. Yeah. And it's also Kindle Unlimited. So I'm, I'm getting page reads like, you know, five, yeah. 600,000 page reads uh, <laughs> every month uh, just on that one book. So I'm like, this is, this is great. Like those two things, the, the thriller stuff and then the dying days, which is weird because then. I was still selling Dying Days, and it's, I mean, nine book series complete, uh, mm-hmm. my zombie series, but it's been done for like four years, you know, yeah. and now all of a sudden the individual books have picked up now again as well, which is crazy. So it's like that perfect storm of, you know, everything is starting to to rise up and um, and I'm doing, I'm doing really well, but I'm still writing, I still write the horror stuff. I just gave um, Severed Press my seventh horror book. Okay. Um, to them so that should actually be out uh, any day now we're just they're just uh, we did the edits they're working on the cover and then uh, they're usually pretty quick and then i have five more books with them in the next couple of years that i'll write that's awesome you know they, they say <clears throat> i mean i from what i understand romance is the biggest genre yeah. out there uh, but I would I would almost argue that uh, it although that may sell more, I think thriller is the bigger genre because it has such an umbrella underneath it, whether it's horror or crime or, you know, pick your pick your poison, uh, yeah. sci fi thriller, uh, alien thriller, uh, whatever, even even uh, like what you're saying with the horror, uh, sometimes with like uh, some of the monster books, like what you write just depends on the gore. I think <laughs> the gore and the, you know, it, it, it depends it on the, <laughs> it really depends on what you market it as. Yeah. You know I mean? Dan Padavone is like my, my, uh, my idol, love the guy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm basically, I mean, completely ripping off what he's doing as far as not the writing, but as far as the marketing, the promotion, the way you're releasing books, your Amazon ads, all that stuff I'm doing. I'm just basically just totally doing it his way. Mm-hmm. And he's still writing. He's still writing horror books, but he's he's marketing them as thriller books, and he's focusing more on the FBI agent or the behavioral you know uh, unit rather than the serial killer on a lot of stuff. He's mm-hmm. he's he's not writing as much of the horror part of it, the blood and guts, but the, it is still there. Yeah. So he just changed the focus a little bit, but it's still there's still people getting killed. Mm-hmm. There's still uh, suspense there's still that tension and everything and I, and I learned a lot from him um, when he started doing his Scarlet Bell uh, series and I learned you know what this is it's it's a phenomenal series and it's 
uh, it's still his voice, but it's just a little different. Mm-hmm. And it's different enough that he's making a lot of money now doing it, you know? What do you think, uh, what do you think makes a good thriller? I, I think characters are, it, it, it is such a character driven, um, even more so than, than, than anything else for me, writing wise, mm-hmm. you have to have really good characters. Even if you have a so-so plot or you have a plot that's been done a billion times, uh, the characters have to really do that. There's a, a great, great author, Dawn Lee McKenna, who, who passed away a few months ago and her um, forgotten coach series. I, I always said to her, I would read a book if you gave me 70,000 words of your, your two or three main characters sitting on a shrimp boat talking. Like, I would read that because your characters are so great because your characters, it, it doesn't even matter the plot. And that was something I learned when I did Dirty Deeds. Um, my wife was my, my, my first reader is usually on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had started writing it and I, I knew I was going to try to get a, a Kindle scout contract. And as she's reading, she's like, stop. She's like, you're, you're writing a horror book. You're, you're, you're doing too much. And she's like, you need to write like a Janet Ivanovic book or a Carl mm. Heisen book. Like those were the two. And I've read Carl Heisen and I knew what she was saying. Focus on the characters, focus mm. on the interactions, the, the things that make them tick, uh, give them problems, foibles, whatever. Uh, and that makes it interesting for the reader, not, Oh, there's a, you know, uh, 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 there's a bank heist. Don't worry about the bank heist. That's, that's kind of secondary to what's going on. You have to have the reader invested mm-hmm. in these characters. So when I wrote Dirty Deeds, that was kind of the thing of who is this guy and why is he kidnapping children and then saving them? How do we, how do we work out this system that it makes sense, that it's a fun, it's a fun read? And that was it for me. So when I, when I sat down with, to write the first coast thriller series, I knew I needed a, uh, I needed a character that was different. I needed somebody who, um, you know, and, and I literally paced the living room and I'm just throwing stuff out and my wife's taking notes for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just came up with kind of that, you know, those characters, um, you know, the main four or five characters for, for this series. No, it was only going to be six books, mm-hmm. but some of them might carry over into a future series. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to go, okay, he's an ex-cop. Okay, he had a gambling problem. He's, he's no longer a cop because of that. Yeah. And he's divorced. And, I mean, you know, you, you come up with all these scenarios. So when you're actually writing the book, you just drop them in, and then they just do whatever they're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that amazes me uh, with your writing, and, and I've read a few books in the Dirty Deeds, and now I'm starting the uh, uh the the new one the uh, uh what is it here shakedown is the first one yeah shakedown first coast thrillers that's what i was trying to think of right. yeah the first coast thrillers i'm reading shakedown right now and I, i'm amazed that you you don't have a bible that you're referring to you write the next book in your series blind uh just like whatever's coming up to you you're not planning it out <clears throat> And I, I just, that blows me away. Cause I'm on, I'm on book two of my own series and twice I've already had to stop and go, wait a minute, I'm messing this up. Cause I'm adding <laughs> ideas from book three or wait a minute, what was this character's name in book one? Or how did they, what did they look like? What did I say? And I'm like going back and forth. 
And uh, I don't, how, how are you doing this? <laughs> a lot of it is in my head. And along with a lot of uh, way useless knowledge, um, <laughs> obscure 80s heavy metal bands and coffee and bourbon and all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, what I'd normally do is so like I'm, I'm uh, April 1st is okay. Start book four and I'm doing camp NaNoWriMo. So I'm, I'm going to write 63,000 words in this month and then other stuff as well. But I, I need to get this book finished so I can get it to the uh, narrator so that everything June 15th, everything drops at the same time. So, but I'll take the previous three books off the shelf and I put them next to the writing computer mm-hmm. And then as I'm going, I'll be like, all right, let me grab book the end of book three, because where did this character, what even happened to this character? Because like, I've written 100,000 words since then a lot yeah. of times. So I don't even remember. So I'll read like maybe I'll skim through like say the last four or five chapters of the previous book. And then I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I found, okay, I found Skip. So Skip's going to do this now. So then I kind of mental note when his first chapter comes, this is kind of where we are depending on if the story happens right after the previous book, or if it's like months down the line Mm. away. And that's kind of, for me, that's the way I do it. I really should have a Bible, uh, especially dirty deeds. Once you get into book 10 and now I'm (laughs) going to start book 11 and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm, I'm even doing here. You know, I I don't know uh, anything coming up. Uh, Jack Wallen did all the covers actually for all of those, all the dirty deeds and all the first coast thrillers. And I said, um, Jack, listen, I need a cover for book 11 and book 12 of dirty deeds. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you want? I said, it's, it's the same concept. It's an item and it's the two baseball cards. And I need colors that I haven't used before. And he's like, all right, how about orange and a microphone? And I'm like, Perfect. And he's like, well, what's, what, is that good? I said, yeah, I'll just build the story around a microphone, <laughs> you know? So I, I said, so it gives me something visually to, to work on. And then that'll be the story. I have ideas. I know how it's going to end mm-hmm. on 12, but I need kind of that, uh, let me, give me something to work. There. I'm like, that actually worked out perfect. So uh, and it was the same with the first Coast Thrillers. I said, um, <coughs> I said, don't give me, I don't don't reinvent the wheel. I want six covers with sunsets or uh, with boats. I said it's it's an outdoor adventure type of thing. And the first cover he sent me, I was like, it's a great cover for a horror book. <laughs> I'm looking to throw. So I literally sent him like a dozen, like okay, here's here's Dan Padavona covers. Here's Don Lee McKenna. Here's Wayne Stinnett. Here's uh, uh, Nicholas Harvey. Here's all their covers. They got boats. They got it's water. This is what I'm looking for. Give me six covers like this. I'll buy all six right now. Mm-hmm. Here's the names of the six books. And, you know, we, and we went from there and that was great. And um, because and then I can look at the cover and go, okay, give me some ideas as opposed to, okay, the book's written. Now let's go buy, let's go get me a cover. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, all right. So the new series, then the uh, first coast thrillers uh, shakedowns book one, we're going to be hearing from that today. Where, where did you get the ideas from this and, and what made you think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to separate from dying days and uh, start a new series, but tie it together. I always, so there's always that, um, the overarching mythos of all of, all of my stuff. I try whenever possible. 
So a lot of my horror stuff is um, is tied together. So like when I did Keyport Cthulhu, there's a couple of uh, hints and characters in that book that are tied to Chelsea Avenue. Mm. And then Chelsea Avenue is tied to Green River Blend. Mm-hmm. So all three, all those those three trilogies are are tied together. Um, if you find the Easter eggs, and a lot of a lot of readers have, and like, wait a minute, this guy Sam from the uh, FBI guy from this is I've read this in him in this book, or or he's mentioned as a friend in this book, and I like that. I like tying them together. So I knew when I did another series. Uh, besides Dirty Deeds, I wanted, uh, you know, Dirty Deeds is set in predominantly in St. Augustine. And so I knew I wanted to do something local again. And I was like, you know, Jacksonville Beach is awesome. We're going to do Jacksonville Beach. Mm. It's it's close enough. The characters aren't going to run into each other in 7-Eleven necessarily, but they're close enough if I, I need to put something together. And it's cool because in the first uh, Coast Thriller series, it's the same FBI agents. And okay. so sometimes they're not available. Oh, we're, we're, we got this serial killer a guy, this awful person killing children in St. Augustine. We're looking on kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it, it gives me for plot wise, it lets me pull the FBI agents yeah. uh, in and out um, while they're doing other stuff. Cause in the first coast series is the uh, Orinato cartel. It's a Colombian cartel that basically is, moving into Jacksonville beach, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to sell their drugs and stuff. So that's kind of the idea. And then these guys are repo men and they, uh, it starts basically with them, uh, hooking a couple of the cigarette speedboats and, um, and finding drugs inside, you know, so that's kind of the, the, okay, that's the simple plot of what we're doing here. And so for me, it was tying them together uh i i think makes it fun for the reader it also makes it fun for me uh i've written short stories i do live on twitch three days a week and i start with just a title and my name on the page and you're watching me live for like an hour hour and a half writing a brand new short story or at least part of a short story mm-hmm. and i'm interacting with you on the twitch the chat but um i've written two or three short stories where uh, Marissa from Dirty Deeds turns 21 and she goes to the Ruby Skull Bar, which is the first Coast Thriller series is in that one. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pulling them together. You know, there's a um, there's a, 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 a BBW, Big Beautiful Woman serial killer in Dirty Deeds called Renee. And I've written a couple of short stories of her it, with a characters from other books. Yeah. So it's fun to just kind of, you know, weave all these characters because whether it's horror or it's my thriller stuff, it's all the same world. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the places I write about are real places. So it's it's for the most part. So it's easy to to weave that uh, those in and out. And it's always fun to just drop something um, like the Green River Blend is a horror story about coffee mm-hmm. and uh, Hammond Beach, Florida, which is I made it up. And I reference that in a couple of other stories, um, you know, and for me, that's, that's fun. That's like, I don't have to say they went to New York. I can say they, they, Oh my God, did you hear what happened in Hammond beach kind of thing? And it's, yeah, it, it pulls it all together. I, I've been having fun with that, with uh, some of my standalones where on the surface, yeah, they're standalones, but 
they'll make a reference or, right. or there's a character that crosses over a news reporter who's covering the same story on a different book or something along those lines. I'm like, I'm having fun with this. This is, this is good. And people who read the other books and uh, they'll maybe catch on to that. But one of the fun things about doing this show and, uh, and listening to you, and of course with you being as experienced as you are, I get to just sit back and, and just listen because you're like going into what I was going to ask next, next, which was you were talking about your Twitch channel so that was uh, i'm glad you mentioned that and uh everybody's got to check that out uh where how would they find that it's uh switch tv and then you just search my name mm-hmm. um i started because jay wilburn uh was doing it for a while and he was writing he, he literally writes a short story every day that wow. he's on so he's like he's on for like two and a half three hours sometimes mm-hmm. and uh and i would just jump in and i would start writing I would I was writing a story while he was writing and you just hear Jay droning in the background you know you're reading your story as you're writing it and mm-hmm. um and it was a lot of fun and I was like you know what? teach me how to do this <laughs> <laughs> you know and it wasn't that hard it's like you, you need a second monitor and you need a webcam you know and um and, and it's it's just been a lot of fun and it's it's fun because I'm reading the story as I'm writing it and I love reading dialogue when I'm writing dialogue I'm usually the only one home, me and the cat, and I'm just, I'll read the dialogue out loud after I write it because you don't want it to feel flat. You don't want to feel it fake. And you want it to sound like actual dialogue without it being ums and ahs and and you're you're going off and talking about something completely different from one second to the next. And so for me, writing on Twitch has been uh, great for that, to, to be able to really punch up my dialogue in real time. And a lot of times I'm on there and I'm like, all right, I need a name for a old woman. And then I look at the chat and somebody will throw a, throw a name on there. (laughs) And, um, you know, so, so I'll do that a a lot of times. I'll, uh, you know, give me an occupation for the, for, for this guy. And they'll, they'll, they'll help me. They'll throw in different things. And most of it is stupid joking. And uh, Jay Wilburn wants me to to name my uh, character, male or female Beyonce. That's he, every time I say, give me a name for a, give me a name for the dog and he's like beyonce i'm like will you stop with the beyonce thing but we uh we joke around and I t- i'll tell stories you know i tell just random stories or i tell like this is how me and jay met this is how me and frank edler met this is how you know this is how me and this is when chuck buddha stalked me mm-hmm. uh, when we first you know met so it's it's fun um and i'm home all day you know my wife doesn't come home till six or seven o'clock most nights mm-hmm. so i'm i'm here without uttering a word <laughs> from like <laughs> nine in the morning to like sometimes nine at night. And uh, if nobody's, if, if nobody calls me, if my dad doesn't call me about a baseball trade or something, I literally don't talk all day. So it's fun to have that hour or so three days a week. Yeah. To just to, 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 and you know, it's, it's cool because just random people, uh, the guy who lived across who we grew up, he lived across the street from me. I haven't talked to in 30 years uh, popped in. And he was like, hey, and we're just, we, we, you know, we, we used to play Dungeons and Dragons together and we read books <laughs> and, you know, uh, talked about Dune when we were kids and stuff. And he just pops in because he, he wrote a fantasy book. Oh, and, nice. uh, it, and so I helped him with some of the promoting and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like really cool. Like I'm connecting with people that I haven't talked to in 30 years or mm-hmm. people that because of the pandemic, I haven't hung out with Jay Wilburn. I haven't hung out with Frank Edler. You know, Daniel Volpe jumps in, J.C. Walsh jumps in, my wife jumps in, and uh, Tom Duffy jumps in. So it's like really cool 
Chuck Buddha hardly, I think he's been in once. Not very, <laughs> not, that guy's not very supportive. But um, so I, I get a lot of just random, you know, Chad Lutsky pops in and uh, calls me an old man and, and we just kind of go back and forth. It's fun. It's, it's, it's fun hanging out. It's like a group of us, like maybe a dozen of us every time I'm on. Um, and I'll say, what are you guys working on? What are you guys doing this weekend? Anybody mm-hmm. eat anything good last night? You know, I mean, um, just it's it's we're hanging out and I'm still working. That's cool. That's really cool. And I, I think I heard you talk on the Mondo method before that. It, isn't it somehow related to Amazon Prime? So um, something else. Yeah, you can. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can uh, you can use Twitch Prime to subscribe to my channel oh, okay. and it doesn't cost you anything. Mm-hmm. But I make a couple of dollars every time. Oh. So, um, you know, and again, it's like Patreon for me. It's, it's, it's another source of revenue yeah. coming in. So I, I, uh, I like to say I nickel and dime. So I nickel and dime with that, with um, Patreon, with uh, Amazon associate links. So there's all these little things. And then all of a sudden, all my, I think I, I'm up to 13 or 14 different publishers that are sending me quarterly royalties at random time. So it's like all these, Oh, here's a dollar. Here's $3. Well, here's 50. Here's a hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like all of that adds up and um, I keep track of my spreadsheet and I'm like, all right, Hey, I got $4,000 from them. Hey, I got $4 from them. Well, I've made $4,004 today. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so Twitch is yeah. Twitch. You, um, uh, you can, so you can also just subscribe and I, I, I don't know what it costs, but um it's good. I mean, there's people on there that are making that have like 19,000 people watching them at once playing video games mostly. Oh, wow. um, it's usually like hot, hot chicks with their boobs sticking out. I mean, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I'm not gonna, I can't compete with that for some reason. But uh, if I get like 10 or 12 people, I'm happy, you know, I'm happy and I'll get new people that will pop in. We're always looking, me and Jay are always saying writers should be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's not a ton of us on there, and we, we find new writers all the time. And I'll follow their feed. And most of them are like, hey, we're going to do a writing sprint for the next 25 minutes. And they put the clock up and I'm like, okay, I get on my writing computer and I'm just, I'm writing in that time. And it's fun, you know, and it's fun to meet uh, some new people on there. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to have to check it out sometime. I've I've been kind of the old man myself about the Twitch and TikTok and some of these other things like, oh, I'm not going to learn that. But, you know, if if you want to TikTok is beyond me. Yeah. yeah that's me too I'm, not so, I'm I'm just struggling right now just to make time to uh, get on a zoom call with my writing club on tuesday nights just to hop in there even for a few minutes and say hi and yeah um, i'm getting with them this weekend for a, an actual in-person book signing so i'm looking forward to that it'd be first time in i mean since before the pandemic that i've even been in the that's same good, room yeah. with them my wife always tells me whatever whatever you're doing as long as it helps your career, mm-hmm. you know, and it, along as you can, you know, with Patreon, she's like, if you're going to go on there and just post dumb videos and stuff, then don't do it. That's mm-hmm. not helping you. But yeah. if you're going to, you're going to write, you know, uh, a chapter of books, you know, I got three or four books that I'm writing a chapter a month on, on there and, and short stories and stuff. And I do like a Tuesday, ask me a Tuesday question out there. Like, what was your favorite food as a kid? Just random stuff to get that interaction back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so that was it with, with Twitch. She said, you're going to go on there and write, then then do it because you're writing short stories. And I'm writing a lot of short stories that I'm then 
uh, editing and submitting to uh, anthologies coming up anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah, still it's visibility. It's visibility. It still works. You know, for NaNoWriMo, I wrote, um, I think I wrote the second book. I don't know. I think I wrote the, I wrote the first book. I don't know. I wrote one book. I don't know. I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> I wrote an entire book in that month, but I did it on Twitch. Most of the writing was done live on Twitch. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm writing for like an hour on a Monday and then come back on Wednesday. I might already have written three or four more chapters, but I'm just, mm. and I didn't, I wasn't reading it out loud then. Mm-hmm. I was just writing because everybody else was doing NaNoWriMo. Oh, so yeah. I was like, all right, NaNoWriMo sprint, boom, and we're in and we're writing. Whatever we're writing, we're writing. And uh, I will definitely do that again. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. And it and it pushed me because I can see in the chat somebody's like, oh, I just broke, I just broke 10,000 words. And I'm like, I'm at 8,000. I need, I need to I need to write some more, you know, I'm, I'm competitive. <laughs> that is awesome, man. I, I, I love this because we can just, you know, I, I don't have to worry about interview style. I don't have to worry about certain questions. We can just get on here and just have a conversation and chat. Yeah, and, that's and the, everybody that's the fun of us. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's going to love this because you're giving up so much good stuff that I know a lot of the writers and and your fans are listening to this and, you know, picking up something new. It's uh, all it's all a lie, Jason. It's, everything <laughs> it's all a fake. <laughs> I'm just, just BSing off the top of my head about stuff. None of this is real. <laughs> <laughs> where can uh, where can people find and follow you bud uh so my website uh, armandrosamilia.com is uh, just got revamped and so you can find all of my links on there and also you, there's a link for um sign books um i'm doing as well and uh which is great on one hand but bad on the other because i have two book signings coming up <laughs> this month and i'm like i'm running out of some of these books i need to reorder and hope amazon sends sends me a couple dozen copies real quick but, uh and twitter i'm i'm really uh, uh armand author on twitter is my other uh, one that i'm on all the time and then obviously catch me on twitch one 1 p.m eastern monday wednesday friday i'll be uh writing hopefully writing mostly just uh bsing and talking and answering questions all right perfect well i will put some links in the show notes for all of that everyone you know where to go. Just click those and uh, follow Armand on all of his, uh, all of the places where you can find him. But I, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been great, and uh, oh, looking yeah. forward it was good to talking uh, to you, man. Yeah, me too. And uh, I look forward to uh, uh, hooking up with you sometime. I look Have forward to appearance coffee. number six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, time for me to step aside with my writer's block coffee and listen to our guest Armand Rosamilla with. Shakedown, book one from the First Coast Thriller series. I'll read the uh, I'll read the first chapter. And somebody, uh, people are going to recognize some uh, some names here because these are also other uh, these are uh, people I know, and that you might uh, you might figure out who they are as well. One, Walt knew he was in trouble as soon as the door slammed open. He's put his hand up to ward off the deadly rays of the sunlight behind the figure in his doorway. Get up. The unmistakable voice of his boss. As soon as he stepped inside, Walt saw he wasn't alone. It was Tommy, who he'd closed the bar with last night. Good old dependable Tommy, who Walt had known since they were kids. Walt sat up on the couch and looked for his pants on the floor, but couldn't find them. He must have passed out on the couch instead of crawling to his bed last night. It was all a blur. Can we uh, shut the door and put on a light? It's too bright and it's really hot. After a second of failing to find where he tossed his clothes last night, he gave up. 
He reached for his smokes, but his boss shook his head. They still hadn't closed the door. Walt closed his eyes and yawned. He was trying to act casual as if nothing was wrong. Hell, he didn't know what was wrong. It hit him a second before he saw the boss give a nod to Tommy, who frowned but put his hand on his waistband, an inch from his weapon. Six of the cigarette boats were repossessed last night, the boss said quietly. The man never yelled, even when something importantly tragic had occurred. Behind his back, the crew called him Jake the Snake, after the famous wrestler who never screamed and shouted when doing a promo before a match. Calm, cool, and collected, like a snake. Walt nodded. That was the plan. The half dozen speedboats were registered to a fictitious name, and they'd been useful for the past few weeks. But rumor had it one of them had been spotted by the Coast Guard, so now they weren't worth the headache of wondering when they'd be confiscated. The boss thought up a novel idea. Buy used boats up and down the southeast using offshore bank accounts, laundering the money as they did it. Then never make a payment and have the boat repoed. With dozens of boats purchased each month and used to haul their product, the paperwork alone trying to find the purchaser tied up the system. One of the crew, Mort, had questioned the approach not too long ago. Walt thought he was either high or drunk or likely both. Why not buy the boats outright and launder more money? Then we torch the boats offshore and move on. No fingerprints, no problems, no way for them to be traced. Mort was gone the next day. No one questioned the boss about the boats again. I entrusted you to wipe down the boats and make sure there was nothing left, the boss said. Walt nodded his head. I did it, just like you said. Now he was really uncomfortable. Had he finished the job before he got out with Tommy last night? It was a bit of a blur. He remembered a hooker or maybe someone's sister stopping by. Was that last night? Walt shook his head. He started to stand, but the boss put a hand out to keep him on the couch. Do you know what happens when you mess up? It makes all of us look bad, especially me. Do you know why? The boss smiled, but it wasn't pleasant. Because you put everyone in jeopardy, Walt asked. He thought he should know the answer to the question, but his head was jumbled with so many thoughts. The boss stared at Walt for an uncomfortable minute until Walt looked down at his feet. I did what you asked. I wiped down all the boats and left them where you told me to leave them. Walt knew he'd forgotten something. Then hand it over, the boss said. Walt looked up confused. What? The boss put his hand out, the 50 pounds missing. What? Walt was sweating. The sunlight was still drilling into his brain, and when he moved to put Tommy between him and the sun, Tommy sighed and stepped off to the side. Walt noticed his buddy had his weapon out now, too. They're all marked, so I know what boat and where they were located inside the boat, the boss said. He shook his head. To Walt, it looked like the boss was disappointed. You never wanted that. 50 pounds wrapped, $10 million, stashed under the cockpit sole. Walt stood up. Wait, what? If you'd been counting the packages like you're supposed to, you would have known there was an extra package in one of the boats. This was a special request from a very important person who looks the other way when our boats come into this area. It was your responsibility to make sure it wasn't left carelessly. You're on the hook. The boss glanced at Tommy. I knew you hadn't found an extra bundle because you would have told Tommy last night. I'm really sorry, boss. I swear it was an oversight. Give me another chance, Walt said. The boss shook his head. This isn't the first time you've been sloppy. I've given you enough chances. More than three allotted strikes, too. While you and Tommy were out drinking, I lost millions of dollars on my watch. How does that make me look to my boss, who I have to answer to? Not good. Walt sat back down on the couch. I'll find the boat. It has to be stored somewhere local. The boss chuckled. Not to worry. I have all that figured out. No longer your problem, Walt. Walt smiled, thinking he'd get a second chance. 
The package was either already found or the boss knew where it was. No harm, no foul. The smile faded when Tommy stepped forward and Walt was looking down the barrel of a gun. I don't suppose I can say anything to change your mind, boss, Walt asked. He knew this was the end. He knew he had two options. Smile in the face of death and lean into it with no regrets or beg for mercy and cry like a baby. Walt chose to cry like a baby. I'll do whatever you want, I swear. No more screw-ups. I'll clean toilets. I'll kill for free a charge. I'll take out the garbage. Anything, boss. Anything. You're going to be the lesson to the rest of the crew, the boss said. I have to answer to a higher authority, Walt. I need to make sure this North Florida area is running smoothly, without incident. Do you think I, I like giving the boats over to the authorities? No. If it was up to me, we'd burn them to the waterline. But, the boss shrugged. I do what needs to be done. No questions, no deviations. No part of the job can be sloppy or missed. I can change. I screwed up, but I'll work even harder, Walt said. The boss shook his head. I wish I could believe you. Even if I could, your fate is out of my hands, Walt. You did this to yourself. As the boss left and shut the door behind him, the sunlight was gone. Walt could see. See his friend Tommy as he pulled the trigger. And there you go. That was Armand Rosamilia reading a sample chapter from his brand new book, Shakedown. It's book one of the First Coast Thriller series. And uh, wow, it, that it's really incredible. Like I said, I'm reading that book right now and really enjoying it. Uh, make sure you click that link in the show notes for everywhere to follow Armand. Uh, don't forget to check out his Twitch channel as well. And uh, hit all those links in the show notes for our podcast friends, sponsors, and affiliates. And hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I'm back with Diane Franklin and a brand new chapter from her new book. Until then, you all take care and we will talk again real, real soon. Bye. Bye.